0: Uh, So, while Jeff's trying to help me, because I'm so uh, illiterate technologically, um, I just want to say it is great to be here, and uh, it is uh, uh, really an honor and a privilege for for Sharon and I to be able to come back home and and be with you, and uh, I want to thank you for all your prayers and kind words. They made a difference in our life uh, while we were here, and uh, as was mentioned, Uh, You know, when we came here, we were hurting. Uh, Last month, the end of February, was my wife's 36th year walking with the Lord. Friday, March 9th, was my 34th year. And so uh, I know the North River Church has some mighty warriors. Uh, I know that the North River Church have men and women that have spiritual scars and you're still faithful. Uh, But I want you to know how much that meant to Sharon and I coming here. It certainly was an oasis uh, for my family. Uh, When we arrived here, uh, none of my daughters were Christians. I have four daughters. I always say that's why I don't have any hair now. Um, And those of you that have daughters, if you don't know, you will. Um, But we moved here in 2011 of November. In 2012, three of my four daughters became disciples. And, uh, and so, God uh, really took care of us, and certainly uh, I want to uh, thank you as a church, because I really do mean it when I say every kind word and prayer meant so much to my family and I. Don't underestimate the power of your prayers or a kind word. But in particular, I, I do want to thank the Browns. When I, when I first came to service, um, Tom was preaching, and he was preaching about his life, and he was preaching about how he failed. And I knew then, we had not moved here yet, that, you know what, this is the place for us. Uh, this is the fit for us. He was vulnerable. He was humble. Uh, he's continued to do that. He's continued, he and Kelly, to let God use their lives and uh, it's been amazing what God has done, amen? Uh, when I moved here, the church was about five to 700. They were having maybe eight, nine. Now, you are knocking at about 1,900 members. You have almost thirteen to 1,400 on services Sunday. That's pretty amazing. So much so that you have to split services now. I've never done two services, so be praying while I'm talking, because uh, I don't know how all that's going to go. I also wanna thank the elders and the leadership team. Uh, They they ministered to us, in particular the Kings. Uh, Bob and Jackie really helped Shannon and I and and, and our family. Uh, The Hickmans, the leadership team as a whole, the youth and family ministry. Uh, Two of my three daughters that came here with us, one was a senior in high school and one was a freshman. So you can only imagine I pulled them out of high school and they were not happy. But uh, Lord uh, blessed it, and uh, they became disciples. I want to thank the campus ministries. And then last but not least, I do want to thank the Jacksons. And uh, they uh, just really ministered to my girls and loved them, and uh, so we're forever grateful uh, for that. Uh, Let's go to the Father in prayer, and uh, we'll get on with the rest of the lesson. God, thank you. Uh, Do move me out the way. I pray that... uh, you know, your words would come forth. I pray that any word that's spoken would be from you, that it could spur us on, it could inspire us, it can convict us, it can prick our hearts, our conscience, God, to uh, sell out more for you, to give more of our hearts. God, enlarge our hearts where maybe uh, we've pulled back and maybe where we've shrunk back in our faith. Uh, God, we love you so much. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your power and your gift. Jesus, most of all, we praise you. It's in your son's name we pray. And the church said, amen. Amen. So um, I want to give you an update on the Ivy family. And uh, I'm still married to my wife. She still wants me. (laughs) Very, very happy about that. And uh, don't know where I would be without her besides God on this journey that we've been on. Uh, But uh, she's, uh, uh, I'm a little biased, an incredible woman. And uh, she helps uh, to keep me in line. And uh, I really appreciate her and love her. And she's my very best friend here on earth. Uh, I have four daughters, as mentioned. Uh, My oldest daughter, Ashley, lives in St. Louis, Missouri, Ferguson, Missouri. Her and her husband are Christians. We have three grandchildren there. Uh, Nia, my 13-year-old, she'll start high school this year. And then my two grandsons of the four, uh, uh, MJ is 12 and Isaiah is 11. And then... uh, in uh, Knoxville with us, my daughter and my, uh, and my son-in-law in uh, St. Louis, Marvell, and then in Knoxville, uh, my daughter, Danae, and my son-in-law, Nico, live with us. And uh, so you can imagine, we have a party all the time. Um, and uh, they're doing very well. Many of you know Danae. Some of you met Nico. She's doing good. Thank you so much for your prayer. Some of you knew that she had a high-risk pregnancy. And so nine months seemed like two years. And uh, it was really uh, Nick and Tuck uh, in terms of just their health and well-being. But uh, they are doing fine. Uh, And my uh, four-year-old grandson, Kai, is doing well, talking more than ever. Has all kind of opinions and and, uh, feelings and emotions and expresses them very well. And then the newborn to the family is uh, Carter. Carter is uh, almost 10 pounds, about 8 pounds. And uh, when he's happy, he's really milk drunk and uh, <laughs> his head just bobbles, but uh, he is doing well. And then my two youngest daughters live here. Uh, some of you know Deja. Deja's doing well. And uh, my daughter, Toni. Uh, Deja will be finishing up here at Life uh, University and she'll graduate. And then Tony's in her finishing up her junior year. Um, now, I must say, Some of you have said, man, Anton, I didn't know who you were, and you look thin. I want to take credit for that, but I can't. So I'll give you the brief story on that. My daughters are majoring, Deja and Tony, in nutrition and physical training. They came home for the holidays, and they said, Dad, you're obese. (laughs) Yes, that's how they said it. They didn't mention any words about it. And so they tracked our our, uh, eating, and uh, then they gave us a consultation. And uh, she put me on 1,800 calories or so, Sharon on 1,600. I'm happy to say God has been blessing. Please continue to pray for Sharon and I. Sharon is right where her goal is. Deja has met her goal and exceeded. I'm still way away from my goal. Uh, But uh, we're trying to do the best we can with the Lord's temple. And so I give a lot and all that credit to them. Uh, Update on Knoxville. Greetings from Knoxville. And uh, how many of you have ever been to Knoxville? How many of you have been through Tennessee? There we go. Amen. So you can pray for Tennessee. Pray for Knoxville. Uh, we're doing well. Uh, first year and a half, God has uh, blessed tremendously. We've had about 10 or so baptisms and four restorations. And, uh, you know, God has blessed. The cruisers send their love. Nick and Alyssa are doing fantastic. And they are now Homeowners. And uh, so they are doing great and having a ball on UT campus there. Uh, but uh, if you've been in the church a while, if you've walked with Jesus for a while, if you've been a minister for a while, everything's not great. Most of the times there are challenges which are good and adversities, whether it's personal or whether it's with the church. And so we had our challenges. We had some adversity. We had to deal with some division in the church, uh, which was challenging. Uh, But the church has responded so well. You'd be so proud of them. Thank you so much for your prayers. Please continue to pray for us. Pray for Sharon and I to stay close to God and keep ministering uh, to the church and that we're studying God's word and and in prayer. But uh, the church is doing well. Behind all that, uh, with uh, uh, the divisiveness, the church gave the most they ever gave. Uh, it's about 25-year-old church last year for 85 Christians that gave $42,000. Uh, I was really pleased with that, and um, and so that was great. Other news, uh, in the year and a half we've been there. I do see myself more as a servant leader than ever before. And uh, within the first year of being there, we were asked to be on the SEC committee. And so we said, okay, amen, we'll, we'll try to help out there. Uh, we were asked to take over. Continuing to help Caracas, Venezuela, for those of you that are aware of the situation in Venezuela, it's very serious. And uh, it's a civil war going on there. Uh, But the uh, couple, uh, Naibe and Eddie Berto, are doing a great job. And so Eddie Berto comes over every year to Florida because the churches in Florida minister to the churches in South America. And then Eddie Berto comes down to Knoxville or up to Knoxville. And, uh, And so he's had a tremendous impact on our church. And I'll share a little bit about that from the Beatitudes. Um, In addition to that, uh, Sharon and I will ask a little later on to help try to be a representative, a delegate for the Mid-South. And the Mid-South consists of the Huntsville, some of you uh, know them, or uh, Alabama, which is Huntsville and Birmingham. The Lausontes lead that and the Davises uh, lead Birmingham. Uh, Memphis, some of you know the Hermans, uh, Lisa and Kevin, and then uh, there's... Chattanooga, you know the Hedricks. And uh, how many of you know the Hedricks? Yeah. Some of you know the Hedricks. And uh, uh, my name, my nickname now for Dave is Father Abraham. I'm 54, Dave's 58, 59. He just had a newborn. Yeah, I know. You're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, please keep them in your prayers, but they're doing well. Uh, Nashville, where uh, Titus and Kendall are kind of interim, holding down the fort until they hire somebody. Pray for Nashville. They're in the midst of trying to find the right man and woman that God wants to be there. And uh, let me see, is there anybody? Oh, and good old Jackson, Mississippi, uh, where the Dockeries are. And so keep the Mid-South in your prayers. Uh, I know that you have been, let me see if I get this right. I know that you've been studying Exodus, amen. And uh, I'm kind of a person that uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So some of the things you may see, you've seen before already. But uh, you've been out of Exodus, and uh, as it says there, uh, get free to bring God's glory. And uh, what's really been great in our relationship with you and North River is that you've been so supportive, and we've been so grateful uh, the Jacksons came down with a band of singles last summer and encouraged the church and our singles ministry. Jeff was just there, he and Christy, two weeks ago. And uh, we had a Bring Your Neighbor Day. And uh, with 85 Christians, we had 135 in attendance and a lot of friends there. Uh, and Douglas was just there last Wednesday and came and taught. And he has this great book that I've been reading. I don't. How many of you have been reading it? Oh, shame on you. <laughs> but it's a great book. And uh, a lot of great insights. Really appreciate Douglas and Vicky for all their service. And, uh, and so uh, it has been great in our partnership with you. Uh, Exodus, and if you would, look over in Matthew 5 or you can, let me see if it will flip over. It's not moving. one. Okay, don't worry about it. We're having technical difficulties. I'm just happy it's not my fault. (laughs) Amen. I I do want to give a little bit uh, of a backdrop in regards to Moses. We're only going to look at uh, just a few passages this morning because I understand there's two services. There's a hard 25, 30-minute count on me, and so I'm trying to be disciplined, and make sure I'm sensitive to you guys and everybody that pours their hearts into preparing for worship service. But uh, the backdrop and, and the verses we're going to go over in Exodus will be chapter 3, 10, and 12, and in, uh, 10 and 11, somewhere in there, and then chapter 4, and the verses will come up later uh, in Exodus. But Moses was known as the meekest man ever to walk the earth. And. Uh, I think he had a lot of coming uh, in common rather with Jesus. And so in Matthew chapter five, the Bible says, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. I wanted to read a little something to you. Uh, It's a book uh, called Momentum and it's about the Beatitudes. And uh, it really has helped our church and me personally. But the writer uh, of the book, uh, quotes a lot of other different authors. And one of the authors he quotes in regards to uh, meekness and teaching about meekness is a man by the name of Matthew Henry. says he wrote a book quaintly titled A Discourse on Meekness and Quietness of Spirit. Henry points out that in Latin, a meek man was called mansuetus. There are two words here, manu, which means hand, and suetus, which means used to. So meekness means being used to the hand, which calls to mind the taming of a wild animal. Has anybody ever said you're just a wild animal? You would be offended by that. But we are, and I'll elaborate more. Think about a horse that has not yet been broken. It is not used to the hand. So when someone comes near it, the horse bucks and kicks. You ever bucked and kicked against God? It's amazing when you're convicted, right? You're like, yeah, yeah. But when it's something encouraging, you're like, amen, amen. But we've all bucked and kicked against God or against the hand of God. And so it says it's wild passion It resists the bit and bridle, and its strength is uncontrolled. But when the horse gets used to the hand, its wild passions are subdued, its strength is brought under control, and the animal is at peace. Now the backdrop before we actually look into Exodus is this. Moses leaves Egypt at 40, but it's gonna take him 40 more years to get used to the hand of God before he comes back To free God's people I think of us like that we're on this journey with Christ but you know we buck and we kick and it doesn't make any difference what stage we're in we don't like some of what God is trying to do with us and so God sent Moses into the desert now what's interesting to me with some of God's men in particular I would have been done with them right I mean, think about if somebody murdered somebody today and then they became a Christian, a disciple, and then they were used for great things. Like we'd be, oh, how could you do that, God? Moses was a murderer. Can you imagine how he had to get used to the hand of God for the next 40 years? So God's going to send him in the desert, the heat going to give him a wife going to give him a father-in-law but he won't come back to Egypt till he's 80 God's trying to get us used to his hand and so here we look at Matthew 5 and we go hopefully I can go over I still can't go over so we're going to have to come up with plan B then Thank you. So, if you would, turn over to Exodus in chapter 3. And let's pick up in verse 10. The Bible says, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Egypt out, the children of Israel out of Egypt. You know, God had a plan for, now I see the, I know you're trying to work it for me. God had a plan for Moses. The other thing I need out of my book is if you could give me my notes. It's all right. It's all right. Let me see if I can find it here. Yeah. Here we go. All right. So. God has a plan for, for Moses. And uh, I know some of the uh, slides you've seen are familiar, but he had a plan for Moses, and he was going to send Moses back in, in, uh, to Egypt, as we read in Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. You know, God's got a plan for you. The question is, are you and I on the plan? Am I still on the plan he's on? You know, when God is trying to, get us used to his hand on our journey, we can buck getting used to it. We can kick, we can be like the wild animal because we have our own passions and we have our own desires that we wanna see fulfilled. And so God did the same thing with Moses and at about this stage, at about 80 years old, he feels like, okay Moses, you're ready to go back because you're submitting completely now. You're not going against the grain. You're going to do what I want you to do. You know, for me, that's been part of my journey. I think that's part of all of our journey. No matter what stage of life we're in, we came here, we were hurting. Prior to that, we had been in the ministry nearly 30 years. But one of the things that Sharon and I desired, we wanted to become all things to all people, black, white, Native American, Asian, European, whatever. We felt like God could use us that way. But you know what? It was going to take God humbling us and getting used to his hand so that we could be used for his glory. And so God brought us here to North River. And he brought us to Marietta. And we lived in East Cobb. How many of you have lived in East Cobb? How many of you have drove by East (laughs) Cobb? So you know what I'm saying. You know, we couldn't afford East Cobb. So we lived back where the peasants were, where the condominiums are. (laughs) But I loved living in East Cobb. And you see these multi-million dollar homes, predominantly white community. But we loved it. Part of me getting used to the hand with Anton, you're going to have to come out of your comfort zone. You're gonna have to understand your brothers and sisters from other cultures and ethnicities and backgrounds. The reality is this, America is Browning. (laughs) Yes, it is. I love my Caucasian brothers and sisters. They'll tell you I love them. But when I came in here four to six years ago, and now there's a bit of an eclipse. God had to work on Shannon and I. And so, fast forward to a year and a half ago, we were blessed to start a Christian counseling practice, and we said, man, we want to go to Knoxville. Knoxville was interested, and guess what? I thought I had a bit of a culture shock in East Cobb. (laughs) You see a black person in Knoxville, it's like, hey! (laughs) High-fiving Are we relatives? (laughs) The church is 80 to 90% white. I'm one of few African Americans that lead a predominantly white church. But to God's glory, the church has 10 to 12 different cultures and ethnicities. Isn't that pretty awesome? I think it's set apart from any other church in the state of Tennessee. But I had to get used to the hand. One of the things God had to help me with in getting used to his hand, Anton, don't talk about Trump when you're up there on that platform. (laughs) I had people walk out of service. I had brothers and sisters that had to talk to me. Anton get used to the hand. My dad will be, he's 92. When When I told him, hey, I'm going to Knoxville, I'm going to preach the word, Daddy said, be careful. Watch what you say. And so I had to get used to the hand in that. Regardless of what stage of life you're in. You know, for some of us, it's not per se my experiences. And yet I can relate to you being hurt. You having wounds. If you've been a while, around a while, you're going to get hurt. And you're going to have wounds. And so as a result, I pulled back. You know, you're getting big as a family. You know, the numbers are great. It's evidence of God's glory. It doesn't necessarily mean it's evidence that we're doing well. And one of the things I wanna speak to is the 20-80 rule. 20% of the Christians doing 80% of the work. There are those of you with gifts and talents and capabilities and you're sitting in the cut because you don't want to get used to the hand of God because you've been hurt. I get it. North River was an oasis for us. But at some juncture, as right now, as of right now, 03 was fifteen years ago. Are you gonna wait another 15 years? And God was trying to tell me, Anton, get used to my hand. Maybe the bitterness that overcame you could be used for my glory if you're willing to get used to the hand and let it go. Smoldering feelings. I know that you're a church that gives tremendously financially. But I think sometimes we can take a lot of pride in our own opinions and our own passions and our own desires and how I don't like this and I don't prefer that. But you got a church of a thousand plus people, brothers and sisters. God needs you to raise up. There are those of us, some of you, this is your first time coming out to church. Maybe it's multiple times for you. Even before I became a true follower of Jesus, God was teaching me to get used to the hand. God is working on you. It's not coincidental that you're here. It's not coincidental that person met you and that you're coming out. Are you going to submit to God in his way? One of the challenges for us in Knoxville is that everybody loves God in Knoxville. (laughs) Uh, It ain't funny. Everybody loves God in Knoxville. It is, but it isn't, right? I mean, there are different fields. I mean, man. Wow, you have your challenges. It's probably comfort and money. Our challenge is those that love God, not being condescending, not being arrogant, and trying to win them over. It's a different field. The other thing that's been a challenge for me is, I've grown up in my calling, and Sharon and I, most of our calling and our career ministerially has been with big churches, L.A., Atlanta, Chicago, Oh, please pray for the small churches. Amen. Can I get a better amen than that? Amen. Pray for the little people. Come on now. <laughs> Everything is magnified. Somebody ain't come to church. 85 people. Man. <laughs> Somebody walks away. Man. It's like... Uh, Regular season in sports and the playoffs and the championship. Regular season, a play happens. Oh, amen, it happened. But the playoffs come and the championship comes. Everything is magnified. That's the way it is in the small churches every single day. See, for you, somebody's not there. Oh, amen. <laughs> Somebody doesn't give. Oh, they got enough money. Amen. Right? Because I know you, you're like, they got enough money. Look at that new stage. They don't need my money. But are you giving to God or are you giving to the church? So you have to get used to the hand. Really, the issue is, how are we doing when it comes to maturing? It's a maturity issue. Anton, you can keep being difficult, sideways, any political term you want to use. When are you going to submit, Anton, Moses, so that I can use you? I've got some brothers and sisters in our church. Man, they are awesome. Been around 30, 40 years. Planted churches, led churches. They haven't submitted to the hand of God. They're 50, 60 years old. I remember being there. And you know, it was like watching the paint dry. I felt like the kingdom and all of what God had in store for us was passing me by. I heard this sermon once. And I need to see where I am with the time. Is that where I'm at? So I'm about to close up in a minute here. (laughs) He said, there's going to be two books when you get to heaven. It's going to be the book of life. And prayerfully, we'll be in that, amen, because we wouldn't be there if we're looking at the book and, you know, amen. But he said, there's going to be another book about all the things God wanted to do with you, and he couldn't. Last two points I want to hit here. God has a promise for you, if we submit to the hand, and God's power. God's promise, he said to Moses, I'll be with you. His power, he said, the Lord said, Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh All the wonders I've given you the power to do. Are you living a powerful life? He's got so much he wants to do with us. 25 to 30 minutes. I love you. I think we got a closing song. Let's stand and sing.